We used to be good friends, but that's all come to an end. What's up, everyone? Super happy to be back on here with We Were the Best of Friends Until We Weren't. This is Gabby Scott, and I really, really hope you all enjoyed last week's episode, talking with a panel, having discussion group about the LGBTQ plus community and friendships. It was so insightful and amazing and just different people all identify as queer in different ways, just gave amazing knowledge and just perspectives and experiences that I never even knew about. And I just know for all of you, whether, you know, whether you are currently an ally and support them, or even if you're someone who might be uncomfortable by it, or maybe even against it, I just think it's definitely a foundation to at least have basic support and respect of this community, especially, again, in your own friendships and your own exchanges uh, with this community and with this group. So go ahead and take a listen to it. Definitely think it will be insightful and very important for all of us to listen to. So for today's episode, we have a fellow podcaster as our guest. His name is Mm -hmm. Ian Tolson of Your Successful Secrets, and it's to help teach people how to make better daily decisions for a better life long term. Ian and I got connected. I was able to jump on his podcast to talk deeply about friendships, what it means to be a good friend, red flags, all of that. It was so much fun just bantering (laughs) and kind of getting into things and everything. I'm so excited for that episode to come out for him. So now we've switched roles and we are so honored to have Ian on with us. So without further ado, welcome, Ian. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Glad we were able to do this a second time now. I'm sure it'll be just Mm -hmm. as fun. This is going to be great. So before we jump into your actual story, could you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about your podcast and what inspired you to start it? You know, you hit it with a nail on the head. And what's funny about it is I've been trying to figure out how to phrase it. And I feel (laughs) like you did the best job at putting a nail on the head. So hands off to you. Clap, clap. Awesome. Great. Well, I'm glad I can give you that little summary to you. That's probably the writer in me. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So what inspired that? Obviously, it's kind of a a broad concept, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, I think hits a lot of it where we don't realize it is those daily decisions Mm -hmm. that affects our life long term. What inspired you Mm -hmm. to do that concept? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because I was involved with, here's how it started. I was involved in network marketing five or six years ago. Mm. And from there, I found a company that taught attraction marketing. And within that, they introduced a course on podcasting and how to do podcasting and using it as a source to reach out into people and get more well-known. And so I started it from that approach. I was basically so into network marketing Mm -hmm. and doing podcasting was the next thing because I knew I needed some content that I didn't have to post every single day like Facebook does. You know, you can post once once a day but it doesn't even matter because no one's going to see that in a year mm-hmm. so i needed something that my first and on youtube it's the same way you have this content that can always be reviewed and rewatched right. and it's a search bar essentially is the way it's been described so that's the the standpoint that got me there when i took on the idea of which which one I wanted to do, which topic, I was pretty overwhelmed. I had no idea what mm-hmm. I wanted to do because 
I was in this one and that one. Initially, it was going to be on skateboarding. And then I, before, literally, I would say three weeks before I was going to do the skateboard one, which I was, I had the artwork already for and everything. I dislocated my arm three times in about 15 minutes. And I was, oh. yeah, like I've had a series of dislocations. I've dislocated yeah. my arm 16 times total now. I've had an arm surgery on it. <laughs> like things have not been so great with me in skateboarding yeah. in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so at that particular moment, uh, very shortly after or in between that decision making process, I said, I'm going to do it on this other topic. Okay. I'm going to do it on something else. And that's how that whole long term making better decisions long-term came about because I think that's where it started from was having my own problem and then wanting to help others mm. make better decisions long-term too. Okay. So everything ended up kind of coming full circle then to this concept of another idea and then mm. it not going great for you. It's like, well, mm. then I'll help other people with things that may not go great in their lives type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good awesome. way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting how, like one idea can end up leading to a whole completely different other idea that ends up being the successful one anyways. <laughs> I think reading, reaching more people, because I don't know if we would have connected, obviously, if your podcast mm-hmm. ended up being about skateboarding. So. Right. I wouldn't have a reason to be like, well, she doesn't skateboard. So. Right. I think I went through a phase for like two weeks. I still have the skateboard in my mom's garage and she still gets pissed. She's like, you made me buy everything and you didn't even really do it. <laughs> I love that. So she'll be okay though. His sits there. We can even <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. So you had or had a friend named Douglas. And so why don't you go ahead and first tell us about like how you and Douglas became friends and kind of what that mm. friendship looked like before it went sideways. Yeah, yeah. Good question. So we became friends through basically Craigslist. That's how it actually started because I was looking for a place to rent. I was the previous roommate I was dealing with was actually a coke addict and was doing some pretty heavy drugs. And I didn't know that before he got into the house. Like I found out while he was living in the house and he was like snorting coke one day. And I was like, oh, you do coke. Okay. Got it. That's not nice. And, um, I always managed to get along with him. Eventually, the lease came to an end, and we got it. We we did get into a pretty serious fight at some point in time, um, and I just needed to get out of that atmosphere. That I personally wasn't on drugs or doing drugs at that point in time, but it's it's hard when you have someone who is antagonizing you on a regular basis and ruining your sleep because he thinks you did something to him that totally was intentionally trying to upset him which was never at all what I was trying to do side effects affecting you as well right you know it's like his logics are like becoming more like more intricate towards how I have to deal Mm -hmm. with my own life um gotcha And so I was looking for a way to get out of that house. And I found this group of guys that were Christians and they were all sober. And I was saying, yes, I want to get away Mm -hmm. from people that were doing drugs. And so that was a perfect out for me. It was a great place. I lived there for, I think, two years. And it was a group of Christians. And the minister of that place was the guy who I ended up becoming friends with as well. Initially, we had really good conversations, and I would go to the church. I'd help out at the church. And that's that's essentially how we got to know each other. I went to the house to look for a better 
place to stay. And then mm -hmm. I ended up meeting him through association. Okay, awesome. So then you two were then good friends for about two years, the whole two years you lived there. Or how long did that friendship last? Obviously, before we get into the um, friendship breakup. Right. I think it lasted like a year and a half or something. Okay. I, okay. We weren't, we weren't seeing each other on a real consistent basis for a minute, but I did end up start to help at the church they were going yeah. to. I would spend a, a lot of time helping. Right. So. And like you said, and obviously for a lot of people, when there's kind of that common interest and obviously faith and religion can drive that, you can kind of have mm -hmm. a deeper connection pretty much with someone probably quicker mm -hmm. than some other friendships. Like you said, it was just kind of like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, but it was still, you know, by association, like you said. So then at mm -hmm. what point, if you could tell us the story then of how you two end up not being friends anymore? Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, so I think it led to a variety of things because I was doing something called pedicabbing, which is basically doing taxi work with a bike. Mm, okay. And I had gone to the point of, doing pedicabbing or bike taxi work can be pretty strenuous on your body because I would bike anywhere from 12 to 13 hours. Sometimes I would basically wow. be awake for a 24 hour period. I'd be waking up at seven in the morning. I'd go rent this cab and then I would go make as much money as possible within a probably starting at like 3 PM, 6 PM and then stopping at 4 AM type mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And then having to bike home an additional five or six miles, right? Wow. Yeah. 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 And so I realized at some point that I had been biking about 250 miles a week just from doing the bike taxi work mm -hmm. in combination right. with biking on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition to this, I was helping at the church on Sundays after I got done doing bike taxi work. So I'd get probably about four or five hours of sleep and then I would go help over at the church. And I'm not doing like light work where I'm passing out pamphlets or like doing some small things. I'm helping these kids out, running around with them, playing, sharing stories of the church, you know, Christian works, all that type of stuff. And at that point right. in my mind, I was open to being a Christian again and just kind of looking at it and that type of viewpoint. And so I was investing a lot of my time into this and not mm. just it was mentally, it was emotionally, it was physically, you know, because I'm putting my, my body through this very strenuous right, activity. On top I was, of what you already have. Yeah, yeah. All these things. So I'm, I am 100% into helping this place. And I don't think that guy ever knew that. I don't think he was ever aware that all like everything I was doing to make it go right, to be committed to that church, to help. Gotcha. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I was, I was really putting myself out there to be right. that involved in a so way. So not even seeing like the deeper meaning, like I'm really making this a priority in my life on top of all the things I, I'm doing when I really don't have to is because you mm -hmm. really enjoy it. Yeah. Right. And on top of that, people are like blowing from not showing up and they're like, Hey Ian, can you help out extra? We really need the help. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I'm down. Like, let's do this. I love helping yeah. out. So I just felt like I, in, in the end, I felt like I was a little bit taken advantage of in some ways, mm -hmm. even though that's not how it happened, but that's how it came across a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and at some point what had happened is I started passing out a book, which was non-religious at, at this place and they thought it was religious. Mm. And you so never said it was. 
It, so it actually it actually says on the book that the book is non-religious. Okay, so they're going off their own assumption, which is on them. Gotcha. Okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So here I am, probably like a month and a half to two months that I'm spe- that I'm going pedicabbing, getting very little sleep, showing up and doing this whole thing for them. It's basically a performance for like from th- from saturday through sunday and i'm not there for a short amount of time this is like four or five hours of my day right Mm -hmm. like this is this is taking up my entire sunday because i'm trying to get some sleep from all this biking the night before and i pass out these booklets out of good morale of it's it's called the way to happiness it's common sense guide to happy living and in fact other religions accept this book christians read this book mormons read this book it's it's not it's totally non-religious so it's just a common sense guide. yes common sense guide to happy living um pass out this book this guy and some of the other members i don't really know how it happened but some of the other members i'm guessing assumed that it was a religious book and then the minister said hey ian i want to talk with you and i've always gotten along with this guy really well we've had some deep conversations he used he was a christian then an atheist then a christian again has Mm. he's like a pretty well-rounded guy you would think yeah and he says hey ian i want to have coffee with you sometime i'm like okay cool man let's talk i love i love meeting with you you're an awesome guy and within five minutes of the conversation he is wanting more information from me but he's not doing it from an understanding viewpoint Mm -hmm. he is basically accusing me of handing this book out because if he was understanding he would have i had to explain to him for over two days that it was a non-religious book even though it's trying to make it still a religious book like how is he trying to understand then if it literally says that's, on it, that's my point. Yeah, okay, that's my cool. point. It's, that's it's like, okay. yeah, it's like he's like in this assumption accusing me, and he's like, you know, man, we're we're really at the point where we don't think you should watch these kids anymore. Uh, you can help out in other ways, but we we really feel it's inappropriate at this point in time. And I'm and to compare that to something, I feel like I'm being accused of being a pedophile at this point. You know what I mean? The it's way like, he was saying it, the everything. way that he yeah. approached the situation, it's like you're not doing something okay. You're really not doing something okay. And you're doing something so not okay, we don't want you to teach these kids anymore. So now your character is really being questioned at this point, like over a book mm-hmm. that's non-religious and it says it's non-religious and it's just a guide to happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our conversation went on for, I think, 45 minutes. And he's going into this whole thing about how he had a mentor that was would he did some metaphorical evaluation of landmines or like or emotional buttons or like landmines and he had his mentor touch the landmines of his and that you know explosions go off sometimes but he's there for me as a person and i just got rubbed the wrong way you know mm-hmm. that's really what it was i felt like the whole thing was not understanding. It was more one-sided, mm-hmm. you know, and I really didn't feel like, even if I, I could have said, and I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I did say everything that I could have where I felt justified in saying it and yeah. coming from a viewpoint of understanding and being like, look, I, I get where you're coming from. I understand that you think I am handing out a religious book. Like mm-hmm. I get that. 
you know, it's from another, it's, it's from a guy who has a religion and he has the weight of happiness, which is a non-religious book. I get your viewpoint, Mm -hmm. but you do not get my viewpoint. Right. This is not a two-sided conversation anymore. This is a one-sided accusation of I'm being made wrong and looked at like there's something disgusting about me. It almost felt like. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because you're going the extra effort, basically, like you said, to understand his perspective, which I feel a lot of times can be the issue is like two people are communicating and it's more like an argument because they're not Mm -hmm. trying to see the other side. So I can see how it's even more frustrating because it's like, mm-hmm. I see your side, even though I don't agree with it, even mm-hmm. though it says in print, it's a non-religious book and all these things. So now why are you working not only so hard to not see my side, but you said almost an attack towards me, which mm-hmm. at that point, I'm sure he kind of, he should have known you enough. It's like, I'm doing this like for the kids, for the church, everything. Why would I do something to hurt the situation, basically, or hurt people? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. And so how did the conversation finish? And I guess the friendship completely end. Did you just stop talking to him after that? Or what was the response? Pretty much. I basically apologized to him about the situation and said, look, man, I'm really sorry about this. My apologies. I didn't mean to go about it in this manner. Um, And that conversation ended. We... We basically, he kind of gave me, I was supposed to help out that night. And then he said, uh, you know, man, we've basically replaced you already. So you don't need to be worried about coming back. Um, And I was, to be honest, I was emotionally shook up over that Mm. because I had been putting and investing myself so much into this place. I had been going out of my way so far to do everything I could to make it a priority when I really didn't need to, mm-hmm. because I just wanted to help. Yeah. And after that, I didn't go back to the church that night and I just didn't return to the church in general. I think there was one thing I dropped off to somebody one time after that, but mm-hmm. I pretty much disconnected from that guy completely after yeah. that situation. And he ended up moving within two or three months afterwards. Okay, so you two still lived together even after he didn't, He never actually lived at the house. He was just a minister of your roommates, right? Yes. Okay, okay, gotcha. So did that affect then your relationship at all with your roommates? Or did they, do you have a conversation? I, it never came up in conversation. It's never come up in conversation. I don't think it ever, it was never really a problem. In all honesty, okay. most of those roommates that were going excuse me, that were going to that church ended up moving out of the house or going to move somewhere else. So within that time frame, I didn't even, I wasn't, within that time frame, I mean, if it was a conversation that needed to be had or something, it couldn't have happened at that point unless they really wanted to go out of their way and sit down and all four of them talk with me or something like that, which I don't think anybody had enough of a, of a stance on it to be really attacking me on it or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, even have a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Got it. So I'm glad it didn't at least affect that because I know that's definitely how it could be a whole other level of mm-hmm. irritation is if it bring, it comes into your home, like your sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that didn't happen. So like you said, you mentioned how at first, you know, when you're having this relationship with this friendship with the guy and then you're going to the church, helping out the church, this was kind of 
leading you and guiding you to become a Christian again. So then how did this affect your own personal faith and kind of view on religion after that? Did it affect it at all or? Yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. I was so <laughs> aggravated at dealing with this guy and I was in the viewpoint of how can this guy who claims to be a Christian be doing something like this? Yes. It really turned me off to the way he handled it because he didn't even read the, he didn't even read the book. He didn't even look at it as far as I know, other than touching it mm-hmm. and looking at the front of the, the front page. Yeah. And that's so interesting because that's exactly the friendship breakup I talked about on my mm. last season was specifically mm. saying that it was just a whole mean situation that happened with um, a group of girls, specifically one friend. And mm-hmm. she was the daughter of a preacher. Mm. And so it was the same thing with the stuff that she did in the group did. And they were all supposed to be like religious people, Christian people. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, it completely turned me off. And I was like, if this is how you all act and treat people, mm. I want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, it really did steer me away from religion and mm-hmm. just kind of being strongly of faith. And now mm-hmm. I've kind of navigated my way back in the sense of meeting better people, but the same mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. it's so unfortunate because you do have people who use, you know, their version idea of religion and like mm-hmm. kind of skew it for their own agenda that mm-hmm. then it ruins it for other people. And it's so mm-hmm. sad because, you know, we have a chance, you know, as Christians to invite people in and make people feel loved and wanting to join, probably mm-hmm. how you felt mm-hmm. in the beginning. But mm-hmm. we also have the power that if we do it the wrong way, we're going to ruin it for someone else that they don't even yep. want to be a part of it. Yep. Yeah. And so since then, have you wanted to still become a Christian or go on that path? Or since then, you just haven't found. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, totally. and that's, yeah, mm-hmm. it totally just botched it for you, basically. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty it was basically my last hurrah i guess you could say because i was i grew up a little bit christian i went to bible camp i started going to church after that and got a little involved more than i had ever gotten involved before um and then going when i moved to utah i got baptized in in a church and they still have the certification they gave Mm -hmm. me or whatever um and there was that. And then when I got into Denver, that was the probably the last time that I took Christianity with a serious yeah. viewpoint and said, you know, I'd really like to consider doing this. And, you know, just looking up more of their beliefs and kind of reading some of the stories as well just kind of turned me off a little bit mm-hmm. more to it. Because there's some pretty weird things in the Old Testament that... Mm-hmm. I, I don't even really want to say because it could t- turn other people off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I definitely, yeah, you're fine. We definitely have to go, not go in depth about it, but I do respect yeah, yeah. that because, again, you have obviously your own opinions anyways, but when someone's kind of furthering that opinion mm. and when you're kind of in that middle place of, if I meet someone amazing and they kind of maybe open my eyes or justify things, whatever, then you could be, mm-hmm. you know, down to be Christian again. But obviously what you experience if it's the other side, then now it's like, okay, well, I'm not meeting great people of that religion. Mm. I met someone not great. Mm. And you already obviously have your own opinions as far as fallacies and things like that. Then mm. it makes sense. It's yeah. not preferred not to be associated with it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm totally fine. Hey, being friends who are Christian or something mm-hmm. along those lines. It's just more from the viewpoint of, I don't really want to get involved with, their church and their religious beliefs. And if someone's coming up to me and saying, do you believe Lord Savior to be 
whatever. I, I forget how they say it. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be rude or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if that conversation comes up, like, I feel like it's an immediate make wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like they come, they're coming to you, not from like a perspective of, Hey, let's have a conversation about this. What's your open viewpoint? Like I actually had a guy, there was this really, really cool guy over in Colorado named Eli and he didn't even have a phone or anything. He was actually living more like a gypsy, which I thought was really interesting. Mm, and okay. he would hold up a sign that would have some really deep conversation, like deep, deep thought on it. Like, what is the meaning of God or mm-hmm. something like it was some kind of question like that. And I would go up to that guy and I would talk with him for hours and we became really good friends. Yeah. And he was never someone that ever made me feel wrong or interrogated or, and that's how I feel like a, a lot of other people come across, you know, they want to mm-hmm. interrogate you. Do you believe in this? And blah, blah. You know, they get like, they get at you and they want to almost attack you in some ways. And that's kind of, kind of a fire and brimstone type of approach in my, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel as though that's how the minister acted when it came to the book that I was passing out. And that's how I feel like some other Christians go about it is it's a very fire and brimstone approach where it's, this is right. And this is wrong. Right. You're going to hell. If hell you, if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it just became, it rubbed me the wrong way. But if I run into another Christian like Eli and, he just wants to have a conversation. I'm down. Like, I love talking to people. I obviously have a podcast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. We both have conversations with random right. people all the time. Yeah, it's fun. And I love that also just for my listeners, because and obviously listeners of faith, I just feel like that's so important to understand, especially like as we, mm-hmm. a lot of people, obviously my age group becoming adults, young adults going mm-hmm. on to, you know, quote unquote, the real world, whatever, yeah. um, you know, a lot of things, whatever that like, means, right. Everyone's <laughs> version of the real world is different. Right. Um, but just like, that's, I feel like the opportunities that we're given and that people of faith mm-hmm. and obviously people who are not Christian or do not identify anything religiously. It's like, there can be those good conversations, mm-hmm. even if we don't have the same religion or believe in God, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I just think that there's just that misunderstanding that yes it's important like for me I love people who are close to me who are of faith just because it helps me because I know I'm still trying to grow my faith Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. at the same time we can learn so much from each other regardless Mm -hmm. of it I just think it's so important Mm -hmm. just like not knock down they said well this is what I believe so this is right and if you believe something else you're wrong like you're shutting Mm -hmm. out the opportunity to still learn so much in life just Mm -hmm. because you're making the religion the only thing that you have to connect with people Mm -hmm. on it's just such a missed opportunity to me. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I'm just, I really respect the fact that you're like, this was my experience, but for other people, if that's what they want to follow, I still want to have a conversation as long as it's the right approach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's anything, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that can be anything. As long as it's the right approach, we can have a solid conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah love no, that. I'm, well, thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm very into it when it's more open and not, attacking in a certain way i for example i have some family members that are very politically stanced Mm -hmm. and trying to have a conversation with with them at times is like trying to have a conversation who has a gun you know it's like Mm -hmm. they're gonna shoot you if you don't agree with them right right it really feels that way sometimes Mm -hmm. regardless of how many times you show them the facts regardless of how many times that you're saying, no, this isn't exactly logical for these 19 different reasons. Mm -hmm. They're still in this viewpoint of like, no, I'm correct. And it's like, 
I guess we're not going to talk about this anymore because there's no, there's really no point. I mean, if right. you're going to be that, that shifted in your ways, then what's the point? I'm just going to hear your viewpoint. That's, that's the only thing that's going to come about from right. this conversation. I'm just you speak. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't really want to be a part of it. Right. Hey, if you right. see that little bug over there, you know, if you see that way in the distance, that's me caring and it's way over there. Like, I don't even see it. It's so far past. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to use that line for like, you see it over there? That's the care I give. So <laughs> That's um, exactly it. <laughs> that's awesome. And I just think I saw something too on Twitter that said that same thing, basically saying like, be that kind of person that you have, you know, your basic morals and values, but and mm. have your opinions, mm. but be willing that if you do learn new reasoning, research, facts, whatever, perspectives, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you're willing to change maybe some mm -hmm. of those opinions and I feel like people think that you know they can be fake or that they don't stand strong enough in their opinions mm -hmm. when you can see I never thought of it that way and now mm -hmm. I kind of changed my opinion I feel like people that's to me that's real maturity where you can mm -hmm. hear someone else's perspective or a fact that you didn't even know and say mm -hmm. well now I see that I kind of do now think this new way and I feel like people just don't want to do that. And it's like, it's okay to change your opinion when you learn new things because we don't know everything. Right. It's very true. It's, it's difficult, I find, when you only can hear one side of a viewpoint and only get that one perspective on, on something without having like a full rounded conversation from mm -hmm. somebody else. Mm -hmm. I love talking with people who are really educated on a subject because you understand from a almost scientific, not like a scientific, but from more like an experienced viewpoint. Like I prefer mm -hmm. to talk to a mechanic about my car problems versus right. the salesperson, mm -hmm. always, 100% mm -hmm. hands down. Because a lot of times the salesperson doesn't know. And if they do, they're guessing. And I'm like, right. I don't need that noodling her up in my mind. <laughs> yes, I want the facts. And from like right. said, the expert or someone from experience. Because mm -hmm. now you're going to know the most. That's how you're going to know the most. Mm -hmm. So from this friendship breakup, from this situation, what would you say were your lessons learned? Ooh, you know, this is one of those questions that is a little, probably not the best answer for, to be honest with you. It's not like a lighthearted type of viewpoint I took away from it because I still feel a little bit bothered by the situation in a way. Um, but like my, when you asked me that question, my first answer is maybe not get so invested into helping people I mean, I just straight up, yeah. you know, and if you are, make sure that you know what you're getting invested in, you know, maybe ask more questions about these people. You know, I would honestly, what I would say is if with my particular situation and handing out the books, what would have been better is if I would have asked first, you know, mm -hmm. I know there's that old, old saying or whatever that says, um, don't ask permission, ask for forgiveness later, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't think that's incredibly valid. <laughs> You know, there is, I mean, that's kind of like 
giving someone an STD and then being like, just ask for forgiveness later. It's like, no, 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 no. That's a really bad idea. We should not do that at all. We should, in fact, give the person enough information for both parties to come to a reasonable viewpoint. And I think this is just more of a wide open perspective Mm -hmm. of if you're going to an organization, whether it be work, a company, a business, a small business even, to go to the person that would kind of be in charge and ask if a certain thing that we did would be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I would have had that approach, chances are the whole situation would have been handled much differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be, I, I pass out the books thinking I'm doing something nice. And then in return, I get this backhanded slap on the face two weeks later that says, this is incredibly inappropriate. It would have been, we would have had a one-on-one conversation mm-hmm. about it. And if they would have said, no, I'd been like, totally fine. You know, I can have totally fine. Shouldn't do that. Okay. Got it. That's great. You know, maybe, you're or, right. Maybe, mm-hmm. or if you don't agree with this, that's okay too. You know, in the very least, I should give them the information on what to do or not to do, you know, and this can even apply in personal relationships where mm. you go to the point of, you know, I, I mean, there's time, it's, it's a little bit different relationships because it's like, where do you want, like, if you find out in the very least what they like to eat, you know, finding out where that person likes to eat or some information on them so that then you can just make a decision versus hey, let's go do a date at a scary movie. Oh, I'm sure you love to be terrified. Actually, I don't. That was a bad idea. Like, let's never do that again. In fact, we're not seeing each other more. Then it's like, right. oh, well, uh, damn. Like, that's I try not- to help, yeah. Yep. So yeah. I, think, I think what it really boils down to is asking better questions, getting a little bit more information, and being maybe a little bit slower paced when... Mm-hmm going towards something you want to do because honestly what i've seen is that people have their own opinions and they're gonna tell you them whether you want to hear them or not right. <laughs> of course you know people love, like i said love to hear themselves talk <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love I actually, the way you, yeah go ahead there's go. a there's a suggestion i want to make if anybody a lot of what I'm kind of revolving around um, in terms of asking better questions actually came from a TED talk. And mm-hmm. if you're okay, I could share the title. Yeah, of it. please go for it. Yeah, yeah, it's called 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation. It's from this gal that's like C E L E S T E Headley. So it's like Celeste Headley. Okay. It's honestly, I learned more from this. 10 minute video about how to have conversations and I have ever any book I have ever read out of anything that I've ever gotten because the information that she talks about is she's an interviewer. That's what she does. You know, she's okay. like, a, she's like so a that's professional. That's what she does. Conversation yep, that, starter basically. She's, and she is a, mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. a professional conversationalist and she has learned certain things. And even the things that I have mentioned about, people who are super one-sided and you can't really get around their viewpoints are that's what she talks about that in that Ted talks as well. It's on YouTube. It's totally free. Just like if you, and that's like a way that you can find out about how to get better information from Mm -hmm. people, not just assuming what people are saying and, but looking at them and asking why, like, well, I'm having a bad day. And instead of saying, well, that sucks being like, 
well, why is it a bad day? Like, mm. what about today made, made it suck? Because it's their experience. It's their situation. Like, how are you going to know? Yeah. Unless you ask them. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm going to go watch myself probably after this recording, honestly. It's fair. That, it's really good. That's amazing. I really appreciate that for our listeners, obviously. Mm-hmm. And also just the way you kind of looped it back to just how important that is. Obviously, said so conversations just in friendships, relationships, at work, everything. Mm-hmm. And just understanding what help means to that person because it just mm-hmm. kind of makes me think of like love languages sometimes too. It's like mm-hmm. people can think they're helping getting you a gift mm-hmm. and you might not be really into gifts or there's something else they could have helped mm-hmm. you. Like I know for me, if you can take something off of my plate mm-hmm. to make me less stressed, that is the way you can help me. I know I'm an active <laughs> service person. I'm a stressor. Yeah. Like I add all these things. Mm-hmm. I usually buy it off more than I could choose. So if you can do that versus mm-hmm. giving me like a purse, Mm. I'd be so much happier. So like you said, Mm -hmm. it's just understanding how that person needs help and Mm. asking those questions and having that understanding. Mm -hmm. So like you said, it save a lot of time and emotion Mm -hmm. and possible issues. Yeah. 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 You're right. It's all about asking the the right questions. People say there's no such thing as a stupid question, but there is certainly (laughs) a way to ask an intelligent question and good, a good answer. So then you can think with it and apply that to your life. Awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. And this has been so great. And so before we close out, <laughs> how can um, our listeners find your podcast? You know, where is it posted to go listen to it? Oh, you know, it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. And I'm pretty, it's on iHeartRadio as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Maybe if you want to get, there you go. <laughs> I learned something new too, y'all. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can talk with you more about that if you want. Um, yeah. But it's on those three places. If you want to just reach out to me too, just go to, um, go to Facebook and then just type in Ian Tolson, AKA in sunshine. I'm probably the only person that's going to pop up or I'm going to be the first person. But if you just type in your successful secrets on those places, that's, that's the easiest way to look it up. Awesome. Thank you, Ian, so much for coming Mm. on here. I hope you all got just a lot of great perspectives. I just love, that's actually one topic I've been wanting (laughs) to go on, which is religion and just how that affects Mm. friendships. So really Mm. look at you just bringing that in. Didn't even know you kind of mentioned (laughs) the church minister thing, but that's all I had for a summary. So Mm. I feel like you just hit a lot of things that I wanted to discuss just right in the head. And so I really appreciate you coming on. So make sure you all tune into your successful secrets by Ian Tolson. So thank you Ian so much again for coming on here. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. I'll catch you next episode. In the beginning we were inseparable to become one. Now a season's over, absence is your trope.